0: Today's episode, Instant Shift, Just Add Beliefs That Hold Water. Are you ready? I think finally found my hallelujah. It started out as a feeling. And as my mind begins to spread its way. Welcome to The Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. Uh, We call it The Belief Game because it doesn't matter what religion, science, or philosophy you believe. It's what you believe about yourself and your world. It's the story you tell yourself. Uh, One of the fun examples I love is The Belief Game is like trying soup. You know, your friend says to you and says, dude, try this bowl of soup. It's really good. Now stop right there. (laughs) What do you believe? What are the conclusions, the perceptions, and the judgments that come to your awareness most strongly when a simple thing like offering being offered soup happens? Like, you say, wait, 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 this dude likes spicy soups. I I'm, I'm, I'm know it's going to be spicy, so I don't, I, it's going to be too spicy. I don't want that. Or, I think this soup has curry, and I love curry, so that's cool. Or, uh, looks like this soup has no meat, and that sucks. I'm, I hate that vegan crap. Or, uh, oh, geez, this looks like clam chowder. I remember the last time I barfed when I had clam chowder. So notice all those beliefs that come to your head, that navigating those, choosing those, whether you wanna keep them or not is the belief game. Like I used to be convinced that I hated vinegar and so I wouldn't try anything with vinegar, nothing. If it's got vinegar, I don't want it. And then someone showed me the ingredients on a bottle of ketchup, which I love. I love ketchup, it has vinegar. Okay, <laughs> that's called awareness, that's revelation, man. Because not only did the universe sabotage my efforts to resist my true desires, it gave me the desire I wanted even in my obstruction. So playing the belief game is like trying soup. You decide the experience you'll have based on whether you accept your previous conclusions or allow yourself to find the one that leads you to your authentic self. So, today's episode, Instant Shift, Just Add Beliefs That Hold Water. Picture this story. You're in a movie, and you happen to be uh, America's favorite kind of citizen, the one who turns off their phone in the theater. Thank you. And when you're leaving the movie... You turn your phone back on and you see that someone has sent you two texts in a row. The first one says, I effing hate you. <laughs> okay. And the second one says, sorry, wrong number, not you. Now, if you saw that you'd chuckle, you'd wonder, you know, who hates who, right? Maybe you'd show your date, the, the person's with you, the text to share the giggle. Like you get a go, look at this, look at this giggle, right? You know? Then you'd go about your evening, right? You'd forget about it. Somebody sent you a wrong text it's wrong number. It's over now. What if you weren't in the movie, so you read the first text the moment it came in, but didn't get the second one right away? So you got the the first text of I effing hate you. Where do your emotions go? Do you wonder who it is? Are you like, is it, is, it, is it, you know, is it Joe? Is it Juan? Is it Jaden? Is it Caden? I mean, who is it? Is it Aiden? <laughs> you know, you'll start, you'll start speculating. I'd right? be like, oh my gosh, it's probably it's probably uh, Maya. You know, she was giving me the stink eye all day. I'll bet she's the one that hates me. Or, or you'd say, I wonder if it's a joke, you know? Or, I mean, your, your mind would go around, you know? You'd probably even get a little dyslexic and maybe look at the number and go, is that, is that, is that, is that Tom's number? I think that's Tom's number. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, and all this while going on, and you're just making up this narrative, but then what happens when you get the next text, right? It's a great lesson in the momentum of thought that's created when you keep your focus on one stream of consciousness. Now, again, if you just got it right away, like let's say the second text came in within a few seconds, like, you know, what, what's this, I I effing hate you? Who, I don't know the number, Who, who hates me? Ding, oh, it's the wrong number. Oh, okay, that's funny. It only got you going for a few seconds. The momentum just started. You pondered it for a minute, didn't really stick. But let's say, the, next, the second text came in in 10 or 15 or 30 minutes later after you've tried desperately to figure out who hates you, right? So, you know, you've been like texting the back, who is this? They don't respond. You call them and the voicemail is one of those generic voicemails that just has the number so that, you know, uh, by the time you get the second text, you've worked yourself into a, like, an anxious self-judging you know, shamorama, right? <laughs> you know, what have I done that could possibly have caused this kind of reaction? I mean, you know, I- I'm thinking It must be a wrong number, it doesn't make any sense, you know. For the life of me, I can't figure out who who hates me. I don't know if somebody hates me. Do you know you're talking to your person with you? Do you know someone who hates me? I feel like I always try to do the right thing, right? I mean, I think I'm a a good person, right? Do the right thing, you know. (laughs) And then you maybe even took some more actions, you know, and you start calling other people. Does so-and-so hate me? I'm trying to figure this out. I gotta figure this out. I'm scared that I'm in trouble, you know. This is just killing me. I can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, ding! Oh, oh, it's a wrong number. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Wow. Okay, I knew there had to be a better explanation. And you see what I'm acting out there is that there's more momentum. If it took you longer between the two texts, you're still going to be feeling it. And that second thing's going to come in and be like, wow, I just mean, (laughs) I mean, I'm not that kind of person, right? I'm not really mean. Nobody would really hate me, right? You're still pondering it. You're still going, I'm not, I mean, even, you know, I know this isn't for me, but, but you know, nobody really hates me, do they? Because you've worked it up. You can feel How the anxiety has a cool down even when the new fact is presented. You've got, oh, it's a wrong number. It should just instantly, you should be done with it, right? But you're not because you got yourself into a little anxious loop. The longer the thought-feeling combination is sustained, the greater energy and momentum it gathers. Even from a brain chemistry standpoint, let alone the actual, you know, spiritual consciousness factor, the longer you search your brain for who, you know, might hate you, the more connections of synapses you're making to make that possibility true for you. You Who hates me? Is it her? Is it him? Is it because I did that? And that momentum just builds and expands. Now, stopped immediately, what happens is what you know, many uh, religions refer to as a holy instant. The thought ends, and you move on to other subjects. And that's easy to do, of course, when, this, when both parts of the text come in instantly. But if you've spent minutes staying with a subject, now the thought becomes you know, thought form, and then it becomes the manifestation. You're actually getting a momentum. And if you do it long enough, it becomes a feedback loop. You know, first I was wondering who hates me, then I started to believe I might be hated, then I started hating the idea of being hated, which made me focus on being hated, which I hate to do, and now I hate that I'm hating on everything, but I can't stop hating, the hate is just making me hate. <laughs> right? It's like worry begets worry, I'm worried that I'm worried, now I worry, I worry more, and now I'm worrying that I'm worried. And that is a feedback loop, and the point is to recognize the nature of thought. Because it is your awareness which will make you more likely to have more holy instants where you pivot back to your truth rather than growing it into a big boulder of belief rolling down the hill. Catching it early and forgiving yourself if you get it you know, rolling, that way you can course correct much faster. And awareness is forgiveness, especially in this case. And this is where one of my catchphrases comes in. When the momentum of thought is strong, which is a classic example of that idea that a belief is a thought you've thought a lot, there are three steps to getting out of the way of that boulder of anxiety. Uh, Make peace, make an effort, or take a nap. And look for inspired actions uh, to take as you take those steps, right? So make peace means accepting what you're thinking and feeling. Like, wow, I feel scared that someone might hate me. That scares me, being hated. I feel feel guilty. I feel worried. And again, calling out the feeling moves it from the experiential part of your brain to the observational part. So you're looking at it rather than succumbing to it. You know, Make peace. Call it what it is. I'm scared someone hates me. That's what it is. I'm going to make peace with that by calling it. Making an effort means that you feelize your way back up. This is a little trickier, but searching for a thought on the subject or an adjacent subject that feels like relief. Like, maybe you could say, um, well, I don't hate anyone, so I'm sure there's an explanation. That feels like relief. Feels better. I'm a thoughtful person, uh, so I'm sure this can be cleared up, even if you did have someone that hates you, right? I'm sure this can be cleared up. That's a relief. I'm a a responsible person, so I'm sure I can make amends for whatever I might have done, and I'm sure I will find out who hates me, and then that'll all just make sense. Feels like relief. That's the effort. And again, look for the inspired action. Making this effort is the is, is, is really the true mastery you're seeking in all the subjects of your life. Finding relief is the belief game at its heart. But it's also, um, you know, the one that requires the most effort is finding that relief. You have to try. It's not your thought that's most, you know, strong, if You're in, especially if you're in a feedback loop. So it requires the most effort, but it's not hard. Because once you do it, you will find relief and that will feel better. So effort, yes, because it's not your current momentum or direction of thought, but not hard because it doesn't leave you worse off. You know, it improves you when you find relief. That is the way of mastery. So the third option is to take a nap. <laughs> make peace, make an effort, or take a nap. This, this might be literal. You, you, taking a nap is a great way to release the feedback loop of anxiety or depression or fear or whatever. Taking an actual nap is, is good. But this is meant as a metaphor for distract yourself or change the subject. So make peace, make an effort, take a nap, distract yourself. Go do something or think about something that makes you feel better right now. Say, well, I don't I don't know who hates me, so I'll just go see the movies and I'll get back to you later. You know, I'll go have a nice lunch, I'll go have a walk, a jog, get some work done, phone a friend, you know, listen to some uplifting music, whatever it is, go do something else to distract you. And then later, if you want, when your vibration, your your state of thought and feeling is high and inspired, or at least, you know, contented and soothed, then you can look at the subject uh, that was bothering you, if you like, from that lens, and with the lens of clarity like you'll have, you'll be better equipped to make peace or, or make the effort. So that's what the nap does. get gets you away so you can get back up, then you can come back to the subject. So here's your homework. Notice how fast or how laborious thoughts shift in your day, all right? When you have a feeling reaction to something, ask yourself something like, can I change this in a holy instant, you know? How strong is this feeling coming in right now? Uh, how much, In other words, how much momentum have I built around this thought-feeling circumstance? Uh, how much of my brain does it seem like I've wired around that feeling? You know, or, or you can say to yourself, wow, every time I think about you know, the government, I have a strong feeling of rage. So how long does it take for me to change that feeling? And what does it say about the momentum I've built up on that subject? You know, or just you know, keep it as simple. As every thought comes up, ask yourself, What is the momentum on that? How strong is that? You could say, you know, that momentum on that, that that felt like a, a seven on a scale of one to 10. Identify it, be aware of it, and you'll be able to shift it in a holy instant. You'll put some space between you and that thought. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for listening. And you can find me at jeffsworld.com, jeffs-world.com. My co-conspirators and I help people, companies, and organizations cultivate, sustain, accelerate, and become inspiration in action. We obsess over happiness and love teaching people tricks and cheats so you can live an authentic, fun, purpose-driven life in hopefully half the time or effort. Thanks for listening. Please think responsibly. You want answers? I don't know. I'm Embrace it. just asking. Life is choice. The power to create happiness. You can choose to be a victim or anything else you'd like to be. You want to change the world? Don't know how to begin. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It's the right path. It's a path made of principle that leads to character. You, the people, have the power to make this oh, life on. free and beautiful, come to make this on. life a wonderful come adventure. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on, 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 alright, come on!